It is I, Dylan Thuris. I'm standing uh, out in a field in the dark. The moon is enormous tonight. It's like a harvest moon or whatever, like a fuller than full moon is. And uh, I am in the middle. Well, I don't really know where I am. Somewhere in Tennessee, pretty far out into the countryside. I see a car coming. kind of more unnerving to have a car here. <laughs> it's a little spooky. Which works because it's Halloween season. We asked the team that works on this podcast to share all of their stories about places that they visited that gave them the heebie-jeebies just to get us in the spirit of Halloween. So tonight I have brought you out here into this dark field underneath the moon to tell you scary stories. Not about ghosts or monsters, but about the real places that we have been that have thrilled us, that have freaked us out, and have sent us running in the other direction. Stick around, if you dare. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites— along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. I know how to run a hair salon, but for small business insurance, I chose my State Farm agent. She's a small business owner too, so she knew how to help me personalize my policies. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today. My name is John Delore, and I am an editor on the Atlas Obscura podcast. And the scariest place that I remember from my childhood was this bomb shelter in the basement of the house I grew up in. And this was a house, suburbs of Milwaukee, built, I believe, in the 19, late 40s, early 50s. But it was in that era when people were still afraid of atomic war and bombs and things. And so they built bomb shelters in the basement. And this bomb shelter was unfinished and just sort of dark and damp. Um, and side note, my dad was a doctor and had inherited this skeleton, a real human skeleton from his dad, who was a doctor. Because back in the day, doctors could have real skeletons as sort of an anatomical educational tool. These days, it has to be plaster or plastic for obvious reasons. But my dad had a real skeleton. But here's the thing, like we were used to that skeleton. That wasn't even the scariest part of the basement. The scary part was if you made a right turn at the skeleton 
and you walked around the heating unit or the air conditioning unit. It was a big utility thing. There was this little doorway that went into a bomb shelter. And so one day when I was like six years old, a brother and I went down there and we're like, we're going in, we're going in. And we got in, it was like pitch black, already hair in the back of our neck standing up. And then we noticed this little crawl space that you could go through. And inside there, it is even darker. We reach around and we find a string and we pull it. And it is the quintessential horror light bulb just sort of swinging uh, from the ceiling of this tiny room, which is maybe four by four with like a five. I mean, it is a tiny space. And there on the ground in that like sort of swaying, scary horror light of the bulb are these playing cards. And they're not rectangular playing cards. I remember they were round and they looked very old and they were sort of dealt out into two hands as if two kids were just sitting there playing go fish in this scary ass little bomb shelter room. And of course I freaked out. My brother freaked out. We got out of there and we just presumed, of course, that these cards belonged to a couple of ghost children who lived in our house. Uh. This is the part at the end where you put like the reverby sound of like kids laughing. Hello, it's me, Chris Naka. You know me from this podcast. I grew up in the north suburbs of Chicago, and one time in high school, around Halloween, a bunch of friends said they knew where there was a house where children were murdered, and that it was haunted, and we should all go drive there, because that's a thing that you do. We drove for what felt like hours, and when we arrived, we discovered it was an abandoned, dilapidated, two or three bedroom farmhouse that you had to drive up a dirt road in the middle of an abandoned cornfield quite a ways to reach. All the windows were broken and in a, a cleared space around the home um, where there wasn't brush growing or anything, there were dozens and dozens of children's toys just scattered around the front yard, the sides of the house, in the backyard. Most of them had been there for quite some time. They were rotting, decaying. Someone in the group just seemed like an expert, like they knew everything. And, you know, it was like one of those, like the legend says that the family who lived in this house, you know, one of the parents became possessed and, and murdered three children and then killed themselves and the other family members. And now it's haunted and people in the local community will bring toys here in remembrance of the kids. Whether or not any of that's true, I have no idea. I sincerely doubt it. And there was no Google, so I couldn't look it up. I also didn't go in the house, full disclosure, not because I was afraid of ghosts, but because the house was falling apart. There were no floorboards in whole parts of the first floor. And we didn't have flashlights. We didn't have cell phones that had flashlights. This was a bunch of teenagers walking around an abandoned house. I was more worried I was going to get a rusty nail 
through my foot or fall into an unfinished basement and break my legs than I was that uh, the ghost of a murdered child was going to jump out and scare me. That's my story. Hi, my name is Erin McKay. I'm the director of sales marketing at Atlas Obscura. One of my favorite Halloween places is my hometown of Sleepy Hollow, New York. I grew up across the street from the old Dutch church, like literally across the street. And most people probably know the old Dutch church from Washington Irving's The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. It is the place where the Headless Horseman chased Ichabod Crane to his death or out of town, experienced something super creepy there. When I was little, I have vivid memories of seeing people walking around in red robes in the cemetery around sunset or dusk one night. No idea what they were doing there. It wasn't like a big event. It was just a bunch of people in red robes. And to this day, just driving through Sleepy Hollow, especially around this time of year, it's just total Halloween vibes. And the story of the Headless Horseman is really one of the most quintessential Halloween experiences and stories that I think I probably will ever come across. I'm Sam O'Brien. I'm an editor at Gastro Obscura. And I'd say one of the creepiest places that I've ever been to would probably be the gates of hell. And no, I'm, I'm not talking about the glorious fiery hole in Turkmenistan. Um, I am talking about the gates of hell of Clifton, New Jersey. So these are a series of abandoned storm drains that earned their nickname because the legend says if you wander enough down their dark and winding tunnels, you will come face to face with Satan himself. And then there are, of course, other rumors saying uh, people have conducted satanic rituals down there and sacrifices and all that good stuff. So naturally, I thought, check this out. So I put on some wellies because uh, there's some deep pockets of water down there. I, uh, I grabbed a flashlight and I went exploring. Sorry to say I did not meet Satan. I did see a lot of satanic themed graffiti. I definitely scared the out of a lot of unsuspecting teens who were down there exploring and did not expect to find me sloshing around all by myself. But I got scared myself when I was in a particularly deep area of the water and I slipped and I fell and I came face to face with something large and slithering and I'm not sure what it was, probably a snake, possibly the devil in disguise. I don't know, but that was enough for me. I turned around, I said, forget this, and I got the hell out of there. So, Gates of Hell, kind of scary, not for any supernatural reasons, but for reasons of the creepy, crawly nature. Hi there, my name is Rachel Abadie, and I'm the Director of Creative Development on the Brand Partnerships team here at Atlas Obscura. Growing up, I'm from New York City, but my parents had a cool little cabin up in Mohegan Lake in upstate New York. 
And behind our property were these woods with an abandoned old dairy farm called the Baker Farm. And it was super cool, but incredibly creepy and had a lot of stone structures and old tools that they used to use on the dairy farm that were very creepy and sharp looking. And my brothers and I used to wander in there as kids. We used to go there during the day and sometimes around Halloween, we would play sardines at night and basically be in pitch black in the woods in the dark with flashlights trying to find each other. It was kind of magical and kind of scary because you'd hear creaking and animal noises. And whenever we were gone too long, my dad would come and look for us and pretend to be a Sasquatch and tell us that this is where the Sasquatch lived in this old abandoned dairy farm. So thanks to my dad, I will now no longer drink milk. And I'm constantly afraid that hairy humanoid man-like creatures will be jumping out at me in the woods. But perhaps the scariest thing that ever happened in the woods was the insane poison ivy that I got from running around in shorts as a kid. So yeah, there's my creepy Halloween story. It still gives me goosebumps when I think about that place. Hi, I'm Nikki, and I design trips here at Atlas Obscura. One Halloween, I went to my cousin's neighborhood for trick-or-treating. They live in one of those really nice neighborhoods with big houses that did a formal trick-or-treating on a Saturday, and you could get some really nice candy, like full-size candy bars, so I was super excited. Trick-or-treating started off with no issue until we got to the house on the hill. And now, not a scary house on the hill, if that's what you're picturing. This is one of those neighborhoods where everything was like new construction, kind of look exactly the same from one house to another. So it's hard to make that too foreboding. But I distinctly remember that it was a hill because it wasn't until we had walked up and onto the porch that I noticed the Jason dummy. So it's important to note that I hate scary things. Like absolutely anything, even remotely scary, even for kids, can't do it. So even though I'd never seen whatever horror movie the character Jason is in, I knew enough to recognize the mask, and I was like, absolutely not. My two cousins are older, and so tried to convince me that I was being ridiculous, and it was just a dummy. But I knew that a dummy couldn't be trusted. It might be rigged to move or pop out at me in some way, so I was not budging. And it finally took one cousin walking over to the dummy and kicking it repeatedly to show me, see, it will not move. Now let's go get the candy. So we walk around, we rang the doorbell, you know, we said trick or treat, collected our candy, and my cousins again kicked the dummy as we stepped over it down off the porch, teasing me that I was afraid of this. Halfway down the hill, just as it was starting to get dark, we heard a sound. Vroom, 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 vroom. We froze, we slowly turned around, And there was the dummy, standing up and holding an actual chainsaw. And he chased us all the way down that hill. And I never again went trick-or-treating in the suburbs. What's up, everybody? This is Luce Fleming, one of the audio engineers at Atlas Obscura. Bennington College in Vermont has a building called the Jennings Mansion, which was the residence of the Jennings family before they donated it to Bennington College. It became the music building on campus. Students said it was haunted, but I didn't really buy into any of that. I had my music studio in the basement, and I never saw any white figures walking through walls, dragging chains or anything like that. 
And when I first moved into the studio, I thought, well, let's look at the basement. Let's check it out. Let's not get spooked out by this creepy place. And I was with a friend, and we were walking down the hallway towards the boiler room. And I remember it was like a dirt floor, and you could see the boiler room with some flames flickering with shadows off the walls. And the further we got down the hallway, the more creeped out we got. I just, I get chills talking about it. And what was really creepy was in the rooms on either side of the hallway were these mannequins with like no heads and like horses and weird clown masks and all this really ultra creepy stuff. And I don't know if it was like theater prop storage from the set shop or something. It was so creepy that if you saw it in a movie, you'd be like, that's dumb. Who would have all that stuff in the basement of a creepy, spooky mansion? And we didn't even make it to the boiler room. We just turned around and got ourselves out of there. There was such an intense presence in that building, especially in the basement, that I think that it was probably the next time I practiced in my studio, I had to put my instrument down and say out loud, I'm just here to practice. I don't mean to intrude. And I just hope that you can respect that and let me be. And I want to believe that that actually helped. If you want, you can always call us at 315-992-7902 and leave us a message about your own spooky place that you went running from. The message will cut off after about three minutes, so just keep that in mind. Or if you want to send us something longer, you can send it to hello at atlasobscura.com. We always look forward to hearing about the unusual places you've been, the interesting people you've met on the way, and the places that have been especially meaningful to you. So thank you. We look forward to hearing your spooky stories just as much. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. This episode was produced by Sarah Wyman, Chris Naka. The production team includes Doug Baldinger, Camille Stanley, Willis Ryder Arnold, Manolo Morales, Baudelaire Seuss, Gianna Palmer, Tracy Samuelson, John Delore, Casey Holford. And this episode was sound designed by Chris Naka and mixed by Luce Fleming. I love the sound of these cows, to be honest. They're kind of not that spooky. Kind of cute. I'm going to try and do a little cooling right here. Witness Docs from Stitcher. The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. The all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid SUV offers the power and freedom to explore further and deeper than ever before. Intuitive, smart features ensure that you're always connected to the road ahead. Inside, a thoughtfully designed cabin immerses you in a universe that is all your own. The larger-than-life panoramic display spans the entire width of the cabin. It's customizable and interactive. Drivers can even personalize their backgrounds with a series of nature-inspired themes. This vehicle signals the arrival of an exciting new chapter for Lincoln. 
Discover more about the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus at Lincoln.com. Selling smoothies is what I do, but for small business insurance, I chose my State Farm agent. He's a small business owner, too, so he knew how to help me personalize my policies. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today.